0: Hey everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck and uh, What's Up this week and in the coming weeks I think is going to actually be very fun to be with with you and I want to actually know how helpful it is because I'm hoping, uh, even praying without a doubt, really, really praying, uh, that this will become really, really helpful, uh, what we dig into, what we talk about. Uh, So we've been talking about relationships and I've enjoyed that. But I, I, really, actually, we're not stopping on that, but we're actually transitioning to something, and that is, uh, in the end, almost all relation or all counseling has to do with relationships. Uh, in the county counseling I do, it has to do with your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and how even past relationships can affect you today. How present relationships can sometimes become hurtful or dysfunctional how healthy ones can make you better and then where are you going in your future relationships you know what can you do today to make them better and so that's where counseling very often uh, uh, can be uh, centered on the whole idea of relational uh, experiences you're going to have in your life. So. Where are we going? Today's the beginning. The next few weeks, I want to talk with you about things in counseling that can be literally game changers, uh, that can change your life for the better, that can make you better, that can open your eyes to better way to live and function so that you're understanding your identity in Christ, you're understanding your purpose that God has for you, you're living out your destiny, and you're able to do it so you're mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, and By the way, uh, when those two come together, usually, usually not always, that has to also do with your physical health. So this is like something that's all encompassing in your life. And so I was talking with uh, Tracy and with some of our other team, and I said, hey, I th- what, what do you think about going into this? And and so uh, Tracy said, oh, she goes, that would be so interesting. So let's hope it's so interesting. And we're starting off today with what's Tracy's most interesting one. Uh, so I think the others are things she likes, but this one would be something Tracy loves. And it's something that happened very personally to me when I was in graduate school, studying counseling. And I began to hear about and understand something that I had never heard about or understood before. So maybe you know about this, but I didn't know about this until I went to graduate school. And it's called differentiation. Differentiation. I don't know that a lot of people talk about that. Like, I don't know that you've ever sat in a room and said, you know what my problem is? I'm low on differentiation. Or someone said, you know what's so amazing about you? You're high on differentiation. And uh, what happens is this, is we, this is one of the things that affects your relationships and your happiness far more than you know. So what is differentiation? Uh, differentiation, let me hold this up for you to see my, my glass case. Let's say that this is a problem. If I have high differentiation, then the problem is here and it's differentiated from me. and It is not a part of who I am, but it is something I need to deal with. If I have low differentiation, I hold on to it and maybe I hold it extra close and it actually becomes a part of who I am and it ends up being a part of my identity, a part of my reality. And so what happens now is very, very difficult for me to let go of this or deal with this because it's all wrapped up in me and who I am. Low differentiation means I hold on to it. High differentiation means I can move it over here and not have this be a part of who I am. And so this is, I think, why Tracy loves this so much. (laughs) Get ready. Because I was, uh, uh, you know, in the midst of learning about differentiation and I realized, hey, I have low differentiation and I'm like an old guy and I'm realizing this about all my life and thinking about over the past about how many times I took things personally. People with low differentiation take things personally. So when you begin to try to talk with them or 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 maybe deal with an issue, they're like all caught up. Well, so you don't like me. And they're like, no, 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 I'm trying to talk to you about an issue. No, you're making this about me. You've always thought this about. And now everything comes about me. And so it's hard for you to deal with people, (laughs) Tracy or Lauren, like me. (laughs) That's scary. Um, And so what happened, I love to tell the story, true story. So I go to one of my professors and I said, hey, um, I'm realizing as we study this that I, I have low differentiation. What do I do about it? And they said to me, Oh, it's really hard. It's just really hard. And I thought, well, that's not helpful. So I go to a psychologist that I know who's a very awesome psychologist. And I said, Hey, I I think I suffer from low differentiation. And he said, Yeah, I I think you do. And I said, Okay, you've been my friend and not diagnosing me. I appreciate that. But um, what do I do about it? And he looked me in the eye and he said, Oh, it's really hard. (laughs) that's all i got you guys by the way that's not all i have for you because it was so personal to me that i began to realize wait a minute i've got to raise this i've got to get better at this and to be honest i i'm gonna go ahead and call tracy out right now um i remember talking with her and i i actually said to her i think i'm getting better at this and she goes you are you really are getting better at this and and over the course of time i know tracy will tell you at some point i'll give her a chance to tell you that i actually feel like i have really raised my differentiation, which has made me a better boss, a better friend, a way better pastor, and for sure a better Christian, a better Christian, because you've got to be able to let go of that. And so I want to have you kind of think about that. Are you somebody who suffers from low differentiation or are you a person of high differentiation? If you have low differentiation, you take things personally. Whenever there's a problem, it, it has everything to do with you and who you are or it's about you, or it's something you can't let go of, or somebody's against you, or they don't like you. And, and so we can't deal with the issue and put it where it needs to be. Uh, couples who have low differentiation aren't very often, uh, very successful at dealing with problems, especially big problems because they're so caught up in it and, and what that means. And like, so a wife might say, well, I guess you don't love me. And the husband's going, it's not what I'm saying to you. I do love you. Well, and she says, well, how could you love me if that's what you say? How could you love me if that's what you think? Well, that's called low differentiation. And, uh, or it could go the other way. By the way, I'm a guy and guys can suffer from it. The Bible talks about it, believe it or not. So in Proverbs chapter 50, or Proverbs, Psalms, Psalms, don't Proverbs, Psalms. Psalm 15, verse three, it says, he does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor take up reproach against his friend. Now, that's an interesting verse, and it's talking about people who have a real relationship with God and live in the presence of God, and it says they don't slander with their tongues. They don't do evil to their neighbor, and they don't take up reproach against a friend. See, what that's saying is I don't take up something and hold on to it. I'm able to separate that from who you are. In other words, maybe you said something that um, hurt me, but I'm not gonna hold that against you. I'm not gonna hold that against you. Do you get that? You don't take up that reproach and hold on to it because I know you and I know that you have said kind things. I know you've thought good things. I know very often you've risen above a moment. I know in this moment, it could have been you misspoke. I know it could be that actually you said it and you meant it, but you didn't mean to be as hurtful as you were. Or maybe you've had a bad day. Because uh, guess what, we've all had bad days. And uh, maybe you, in this moment, if I give you some time or or I talk to you about, you know right now, what you just said, um, I'm gonna put that over there and I want you and I to focus on that. What you just said right now really did hurt. So let's talk about why you said it and what you meant by it. And and is there something I could do to change things between us? and. Because I don't want this over here to affect who we are. But I'm not going to take it and let that be in my identity now. I'm, I'm not going to make that about who I am. I'm going to be able to set this over here so you and I can team up to deal with this, not you're going to have to come on and have to wrestle with me in the midst of everything else that's going on. By the way, uh, the reason I'm using this, by the way, is I feel like this is one of the best tools I've ever had when it caused raised differentiation um what happens is that the, what this becomes symbolic of whatever was hurtful or whatever the problem is whatever the disagreement is and if i have a couple in counseling i'll say okay let's define what this is and we define it and then i'll say so everybody agrees this is what we're talking about let's set it over here together and you guys sit here and deal with that but it's not a part of you and not a part of your relationship and believe it or not it's changed things it's allowed them to talk about that without having that effect here, without having it, you know, be a sucker gut punch moment or a hit in the eye kind of a thing, and so the the Bible says the people who are in the presence of God don't hold on to things like this. They have to learn how to let it go, and and so that it makes you better and makes life better. Uh, in Colossians three nineteen. Uh, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Which, by the way, I think that's so interesting. One of the warnings to husbands is don't ever uh, hold on to bitterness against your wife. You know, I, I just think that's very interesting. God warns all of us who are husbands about that. But what's it saying? Don't be a person of low differentiation. Don't hold on to this. You know, uh, don't, uh, 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 maybe you say to your wife, well, it's, you know why you say That's because you don't respect me. And she's like, where did that come from? And that means at that moment, most likely, not always, you may be a person of low differentiation. Because what you've done now is you made it about a respect and disrespect issue. And you know, it might not be that. It might be her saying, I don't understand how you could spend money on that thing. Well, that's because you don't respect me. She goes, no, I'm trying to talk about the budget. I'm not trying to talk about whether I respect you or not. Uh, and so, in that moment, you know, you're you're now not able to talk about the problem because you're holding on. Well, you know what? You don't trust how I spend the money. You don't think I know when the decision, making. You know? She goes. I think we're talking about whether you should have bought the chainsaw or not, and uh, not about uh, that, you know, or where that came out of the budget. Uh, and so, can you set it down over here and not make it so personal and get involved with it? Isn't it interesting that husbands are told, "Don't do that. Don't do that to your wife. Don't become embittered against them." Uh, in Ephesians, it says this in Ephesians four thirty to thirty two: "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander—notice this—be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted." Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. So, in other words, He said, "You know what? I don't want you to hold on to this. I don't want you to hold on to it. I want you to take it and set it aside and let it go." Um, I got a critical email not that long ago, and uh, it it was interesting. Some of the terminology was in it. Matter of fact, one word i went huh you're calling me this and i'm not going to say what it is because the email's private uh between just those of us who get it by the way uh let me tell you this um none of my emails are truly private so if you email me uh my wife has access my tech team has access and my tracy my assistant has access i've never i, I always try to make sure people know that uh, now we all keep that in confidence and treat you with respect but anyway so what happens is i get this email and I read it and I'm like, huh. And then later on that night, I read it again, which I think was probably my problem. I was, what did I do? I'm picking it up, holding on to it, I read it again. Then I read it to Pam, which by the way was a mistake. I read it to her and Pam goes, oh yeah, that doesn't sound good. So the next day I'm talking with Tracy in a meeting. I know you already remember this. And I said, can you believe they wrote that to me? And Tracy goes, I don't think they meant it that way. And I said, well, I think they did. And she goes, no, I I don't think they did. And you know them. You know they've never said anything like that. I think they were joking. I'm like, oh, you know what Tracy was saying? Set it down, let it go. By the way, later on, I had Pam read it, not me read it to her, and it sounded way different. And she's like, no, that's not that bad. Did you guys know you can like change the tone of what someone says and how you quote them with? Yeah. And so here's the thing. And that's where I think Tracy would give me credit. The minute she kind of called, not kind of, you like totally called me on it. The minute she called me on it, she was actually saying, Chuck, can you take it and set it over here and can we talk about it? And it was like, wow, wow. Then later on, by the way, this other person's spouse, wrote me this great email, which shows how smart they are. But anyway, uh, but the whole point is, is this. This is a big deal in having great relationships. If you want to learn how to have great relationships, then the minute you start to feel those feelings, ask yourself, what can I do to put it over here, not ignore it, not repress it, look at it from a distance, separate yourself, and not hold on to it? Not take it close, not do that. So if you're in a friendship, don't do that uh, in, a, in, in your friends, cause you're not gonna have as good of friendships as you wanna have and give your friends a lot more grace. And, and, it, and I'm not saying don't deal with things. Matter of fact, I'm saying this is the way to deal with them. The tool to me and for me, and it works, is I say, I'm not gonna, and I might even talk to them. Hey, let's see this is the problem. And let's sit over here. What can we do to team up on the problem? And uh, I found that when couples are fighting it out, they're so defensive. When they agree to partner and set it over here, it's able, you're able to do it better. I found parents and children are able to do that. I've had moms and dads uh, at odds with their kids. And then when we define the problem, and then we put it over here and ask, hey, what do we all agree we could do to get rid of that problem? What can we do? To, and they're all of a sudden like calmer and they're able to deal with it. I found in work settings, uh, in our church staff or in other work settings, if we, if we can do that, if we can learn to set it over here, uh, then we can deal with it way better. Uh, by the way, I was in a meeting not too long ago where somebody made a comment towards me, and I felt that, ooh, you know, moment. And I was like, and by the way, when you're the boss, that can really be dangerous. (laughs) But I don't think I'm that bad, am I? But uh, yeah, Lord, I hope not. Uh, But by the way, happy birthday, Lauren Lee. Uh, So anyway, but what I want to say is, is I would be a horrible boss if every time you said something, all of a sudden I held on to it. Uh, By the way, when I preach, uh, I pour hours into my preaching. And then I invite people to tell me whether what I did was good or not good whether it was boring or not boring, whether uh, it was clear or not clear, whether it could have been better. And I can't hold on to the sermon as, as my baby or whatever. I've got to set it over here and say, hey, let's talk about how to make this better together. Because you know what? It's not about me, it's about God's word. And I don't want to get in the way of God's word. So it's, it's a game changer that we do. Uh, Colossians 3, 14 and 15 says, beyond all these things, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you, uh, indeed, what you were called in one body and be thankful. So here's what I want to think about. See, if I realize I don't have peace, if I've read an email and now I'm bothered and I read it again and get more bothered, the peace of Christ is not ruling in my heart. So what happens is I'm holding on. I'm holding on. By the way, after this, the podcast is over I'm getting a new glass case no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm, okay I, I'm glad you guys thought that was funny but but you know what if I'm holding on holding on I'm gonna have peace and he said let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and you're going but if I'm bothered what do I do you ready put it over here and say all right I'm gonna let me and God work on that I'm gonna let me and the person work on that I'm gonna talk about how that that's what we need to deal with I, I'm not gonna take it so personally that, that now I can't differentiate this issue from who I am and the relationship we have. Which brings me to the verse that I think sums up all of what we've been talking about. In 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8, it says this, 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober uh, spirit for the purpose of prayer above all. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Do you catch what's going on? Is if I have love that covers a multitude of sin, maybe you did hurt me. Maybe you did say something mean to me. Maybe you did disappoint me. Maybe you did break your word. But I realize that one instance is all we're not talking about. I'm not gonna build it into a laundry list. I'm going to take this one incident and let's talk about that set it there, and we're going to talk about it without me saying this is who you are. I'm going to talk about, okay, this is something that occurred. You did it or you said it, but before we dig into it, I'm going to put it over here and not make that everything about you. That is something that makes your relationship so much better. And he says, above all, have fervent love for one another. Fervent love for one another. Not just love each other, have fervent love. So you know what we need to do? Above all. Above politics, have fervent love for one another. Uh, Above that momentary disagreement, have fervent love for one another. Uh, Above that moment where someone wasn't their best or they were their worst, have fervent love for one another. And uh, one of the things that ought to define your life and my life is not just love, but fervent love, caring love, and that's what God wants you to have. And so, you know what, your relationships will be better, your life will be better. So if, if this is one of those moments, I, I could share something that I believe that in counseling, but it's biblical counseling, that could change your life, it's this, raise your differentiation. Do whatever you can to be honest about where you're at and then say, how can I get better at this and better at this and better at this and find my identity is not in this. My identity is in Jesus Christ, that I'm his child, that I'm under his grace, that I have his love, that I have his forgiveness, that I'm a new creation. And so all of these kind of things can be set aside and God can work with me and mold me and and help me not to be uh, the person that sometimes I don't want to be. But it's never going to work if I hold on to this. So I don't know if that's helpful to you. I can tell you what, it changed my life, made me better. Um, And that's why today uh, I think I even have better relationships now and I believe I'm a, more fun to work with and even work for. And I'm better to be married to, right, Pam? <laughs> By the way, Pam will tell you, like she's so glad I got, went to graduate school just for this one thing. That would that would thrill her to death, that that one thing. Uh, but I, I think I'm a better grandfather, a better father, um, a better friend. Uh, and so look at your relationships. You wanna be better? You wanna be more like Jesus? You wanna be more Christ-like? Not perfect, no, I'm not perfect. But you know what? Praise God he's taken me on that journey. I hope you go on it, too. So we're going to talk in the coming weeks about things that, that if you were in counseling, they could literally change your life for the better. And so next week, we're going to pick up on the second one of those, which I can't wait for you to hear what it is. God bless you, and I will see you next week.